This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! All right, all right, party people in the place to be. We are back. That's right, people. Nerds from the Underground is back from a little short hiatus that we all needed, and and we're back rejuvenated. We got lots and lots of cool stuff coming, but I'm getting ahead of myself like usual. Hi, it's me, Johnny, and joining me in this wonderful return show, we have Grandmaster Big John Stud, Mr... Come on, introduce yourself to Big John Stud. Big John Stud, middle name Mud, Dirty Rhyme and Rhyme. Is that like the Limp Bizkit song? Um, is that where we're going with this? I was talking about the classic wrestler, Fred, because that's your oh, jam okay. and stuff. Okay, but no. like, yeah. No, it's yeah, no, it's Fred the Savage, you know. That's right. Okay. Fred Savage, Wonder Years. What? Whoop whoop. And um, for our inaugural coming back episode, me and Fred just thought it'd be fun, you know, to just kind of like chat, have a little talk, you know, just kind of go over some of the stuff that, you know, we maybe did on the break or, you know, just go into wild conversation. Who knows? You know what I mean? Just see where this takes us. But it should be really fun. All right. So, Fred. Yes. You have been a little busy reading, and I don't want to give too much away because we are doing episodes on a few of these, but um, you want to kind of break down some of the fun stuff you've checked out on the break? Okay, well. Book wise? Yeah, I got. Like, one of the books I really like is uh, Lost Soldiers, and uh, I think that's. What's that written by? Alice? Is it. Is it uh, Ailey's Cot. Yes, yes, yes. The dude. Like, what, what was the other book? Days of Hate, right? He wrote that one, too. Yeah, he did Days of Hate, he did A Change, he did Wild Children, he did mm-hmm. Wolf. Uh, he wrote uh, Secret Avengers and uh, and Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier at Marvel, too, which were probably two of the best books they had at the Point Now era. Yeah, so it sounds like you're a super fanboy for him, huh? Is that... Oh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I love A-List Cot. Yeah, I have Generation Gone, I have all of his work. Oh, He's... yeah, that I just got that book to, or today in uh, from Amazon, so I'm going to be jumping into that one soon, too. Oh, that's really good. That's probably the closest he's come to like writing like a superhero origin story. And it's really good. It's really kind of, it reminds me of a David Cronenberg film, the way it kind of unravels. It's a little kind of body horror-ish, like superhero story. Uh-huh. Plus there's a really good kind of power balance between the characters. You'll see what I mean when you read it, but like there's a really neat kind of comeuppance that happens in the book. And yeah, Ailey's, he's, yeah, he's just phenomenal. He's uh, an original talent. You know what I mean? I just enjoy everything that I've seen of his. So, yeah, Lost Soldiers. I only have the first issue because you know I'm a trade guy. But, mm-hmm. yeah, anything that has, has his name on it, I'm definitely getting the trade of. What I like about it is, you know, because indie comics, like a lot of people, you know, like when they first come out with, the, like, new foods. Like, remember when bacon was the crave? Like, everyone had to have bacon-flavored everything. Like, bacon-flavored chapstick, bacon-flavored everything. You know, kind, kind of like... Uh, what are they mass producing now? Like pumpkin spice everything right now. Well, that's that's seasonal. I would say like the probably the flavor that everybody likes the most um, food wise would be. Seems everybody's got kind of running with prime rib at the moment. But yeah, no, I remember when like yeah, yeah McDonald's like it had the slogan just make it bacon, and I'd actually go in there and I'd be like, I want a McFlurry, make it bacon, and they wouldn't make it for me, and I'm like. 
they were like, will you actually eat it? And I'm like, yeah, I would. And he's like, but it's ice cream with bacon in it. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like they even, even like those sex toy places, you know, like Lover's Lane. I don't know if you have those in Oklahoma. They had like bacon flavored underwear and everything, bacon flavored chapstick, you know, get it on, you know. I mean, some people like the hog, I guess. But uh, the point I was making is like Lost Soldiers is, you know, I, I enjoy it because it's actually like, deals with some like military stuff aspect like uh the vietnam era but then it kind of jumps back and forth to this era and stuff and that's what i really liked because you know i'm a i'm a big full metal jacket platoon guy you know guys who like movies you know uh, spike tv hamburger hill stuff so you know that i definitely got into it right away with this uh book and right now i think it's this is issue four it's been excellent. The finale comes out real soon, so I can't wait to, you know, get that in my hands and then let you know that you can buy the trade soon. Well, Ailey's, he's always been really, really good at political storytelling because he's a very political guy. He's punk rock as hell. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, what he looks like and stuff, but, I mean, he wears himself on his sleeve. He's very self-evident. And his writing shows this, like, like you mentioned, Days of Hate. That's probably... One of the riskiest books I think I've ever seen Image release. And I'm glad that they did because it was such a beautiful tale that him uh-huh. and Daniel Cesaro told in that book. And so, yeah. And he just seems to keep getting better and better because a lot of his earlier stuff was way more whimsical. Now he's he's aiming to gut punch you and stuff. And uh, we're coming to a perfect time where we're going to need to have stories like this that have the messages he's trying to tell us because... Uh, we're kind of headed down a bad path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as he's a person from Eastern Europe, he's he knows all too well about how these things turn out. And he's tried to warn us in some of his writings. So I think Lost Soldiers is going to be a very important book for this time period. If we're going to look back and say, like, dude, that comic book really, really made so much sense in 2020. I'm pretty sure Lost Soldiers is probably going to be a prime example mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy it. And... You know, I'd definitely say check it out if you haven't. And if you can't get the floppies, then definitely go out and get the trade, I would say, in the next month or so it should be out. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it's, what, a six-issuer? Maybe eight? I think think it's only going five, actually, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it'll probably come out beginning of next year. Image seems to take about three months, sometimes, most of the time, for trades. Sometimes I'll have them right out, though, too, so it's kind of hard to gauge when Image will have the trade out. Yeah, I just looked at the cover. It said that the one that I have right here is four of five, so, yeah, the finale comes out within the next couple weeks. Yeah, I'd say then the trade will probably be February. That's good. That's good. Maybe you get a second stimulus by then, you can buy some more. Well, I mean, I work. I'm not just waiting for stimulus to buy my comics, but... Yeah, but it's easier to buy yeah. like a you know a big load and not feel bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> plus like you know that whole Kickstarter craze I'm on, it's eaten like up so much <laughs> of my money. Like I've like literally have like a huge cart at my other comic book shops because like I just keep looking and it's just never ending with the interesting stuff that keeps popping up on there. So like. You just go out there and shop, like, uh, with Motley Crue playing in the background, kickstart your heart. Yeah, man, actually, girls, 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 because, like, that's where he's talking about body shopping at the Mar- Marble Arch and shit, so, like, yeah. Oh, but just know, like, Tommy Lee uh, methods of mayhem stuff, right? Get naked! Yeah, and that's about all I know. 
and it was terrible. Like he was, he was way better like in Motley Crue in the cage, spinning around playing his drums, than he was with Yeah, get naked. <laughs> Come on, baby, make it hot. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like I literally like. I mean, I, I don't blow big wads on, like, all of it, but, you know what I mean? Like, there are some where, like, it's like... Are we talking about Tommy Lee's video, or, or are we talking about books? I'm okay. talking about Kickstarter books. and. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, it'll be, like, a really cool-looking series, and it'll be, like, issue five, but you could get the PDF bundle for seven bucks. You know what I mean? And yeah. that just eats up, like, all those little ones just eat up all the... Some of my book money, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little behind yeah. on some of my books, but then again, like, the only ones that I really, really need to get as soon as they come out are East to West and Deadly Class, and East to West is over, and Deadly Class's trade came out just a little while ago, so I probably have about... I don't know, five, six months yeah. till the next one comes out because they seem to take fucking forever getting their trades out for Deadly Class. Yeah, that's crazy because I know recently Alienated, I think, wrapped up like a month ago and I have the trade ordered. It should be here Tuesday. So, it's, it, and that's Boom. So, that, that is kind of crazy that it takes them that long from Image. Well, Boom seems to be like Johnny on the spot with their trades, anyways. Like, they had the. The first trade for uh, Once in Future out, like, I think right after the arc ended, you know what I mean? Like, they had the trade rolled out. So I think Aboom is really trying to roll out. They're really trying to build themselves up right now. And they they have a really phenomenal launch. I mean, like, the books, I I don't think they have a bad book out right now. Not that I've seen. Yeah, the fact that they're like, dude, our trades are out right as soon as we need them to be, too, I think is is a good market strategy. I think that, like, some some of these books, there's no reason why the trades takes that long to come out. Like, the last East to West book, it it took, like, almost a full year for that to come out since the last issue ran. And it's like, all you have to do is get those five issues, put some cardboard around them, have Hickman draw some circles, because that's all there ever is on East to West covers, and put it out. Put it out. Like... Why, why did it? Why did it take a year? But it's my favorite comic, so like, I, I, yeah. it's a, it's a minor gripe. It didn't cost the book any ill feelings, but at the same time, like, being a trade reader, because like we were talking about before the show, the the whole um, speculator oh, market has oh, ruined any oh. of the collection side for me. So even if I was to buy floppies, I wouldn't even try in this market because people are insane. They they think that what 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 was the one you were telling me that was. What, like the last Ronin? Yeah, the last Ronin. I mean, it looks like a badass Ninja Turtle book. And in the 90s, when that book would have only maybe ran like 10,000 issues, the first printing, I could understand, you know, it going for like 60 bucks after a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Because that was a legit limited run item. This this isn't. This is something that IDW is pumping out. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. I think, you know what it is, is like... Uh, it's those tv shows that are on like the diy channels like love it or lease it and you know those flippers people flipping everything and they want to flip and i think a lot of like those shoe heads what are they called sneaker heads shoe heads what, what? <laughs> those people that like collect the shoes they go get yes. like the one-of-a-kind shoes that some fucking guy sprayed painted some michael jordans so like now they have and to then, buy them and then they guys. sell them then they'll resell resale too like you can get those kick-ass british knights that you always wanted like in 95 you can go get those still um you know that type of stuff i want the reebok pumps with the with the actual the basketball yeah. like for the pumper yeah. <laughs> the pumper <laughs> 
Remember yeah, the pump-up shoes, yeah, man? Yeah, they don't help you dunk. You probably had them. No. You, you probably had No, them. I didn't. Yeah, like, the during those ball. years, I was wearing the Converse with the big tongues, like um Zach from Saved by the Bell. Okay. You, you know, like, that. that's what I was wearing. I was, I've always worn, like, Reebok shell toes. So, I mean, they never go out of style. Even my kids wear those still to this day, you know. Or not Reebok. What am I saying? Adidas. Adidas. Oh wow! I I never Reebok. What's going on? Yeah, you're you're gonna start a world <laughs> war with Germany saying shit like that, man. How dare yeah. you compare? Like I'm not even like the biggest Adidas head fan, but like there is a mm. marginable quality difference because the most mm. comfortable pair of shoes mm. I've ever had was a pair of blue suede shell toes that I got, and I I wore them for like six years, and I still yeah. put them on, and they're like the most they feel like angels tickling my feet still they are just like these yeah right? exactly but these ones are they're, they're, they're light blue and suede man like they were like a some guy's signature version yeah. edition that they were putting out like north carolina colors huh you said light blue like baby blue not baby blue kind of like the blue on your hat but like kind of oh. more feltier looking because it was on suede so it was maybe a yeah. little lighter looking but just because of the fabric and did like people come up to you and be like what is that velvet i was no no i was rocking like elvis man because i'm a big fan of the king so like blue suede adidas shell toes dude, i had to get them and um, i would i wouldn't let nobody yeah. step on them Don't you step on my blue so, suede shoes <laughs> so your hips were moving and everything oh huh? that's right and it's been a pleasure taking care of business <laughs> with you yeah yeah didn't he die on the crapper hell yeah like every man should <laughs> <laughs> With a smile on his face. Oh, well, John Wayne died yes. with 10 pounds of undigested beef in his stomach. So, like, Jesus. Those guys went out hard back in the day. They were just... Oh, both man. of them went out full of, full of Duke, man. That's yeah. why they called John yeah. Wayne the Duke, though, man. <laughs> 10 pounds of undigested beef. I don't think it was that's 10. Not... I think it was actually one, but I don't know. Yeah, in Jackass, they said uh... 10, so... That's a, the, the, yeah, I did not know that. Where did you find that out from? On Jackass. Oh, Jackass said that? Yeah. See, that's more like the old lady. She's into that, those movies. That's her kind of humor. I'm more into that slap-ass stuff. Yeah, no, I forget. Like, somebody told that to Johnny Knoxville, and it's like, yeah, that's why they called him the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it was on the show. I don't think it was actually on the movie, but, yeah, I got that from uh. I think it's because you're slightly older than I am, and like that was that was my generation, and even before that, because of the punk rock scene from the Bay Area, we already did a thing called Hedgecore, where we'd basically like run up and jump in people's bushes, or jump off of people's roofs into their bushes, like um, stage diving or crowd surfing, and uh -huh. I don't know why the punk rockers in California did Hedgecore, but it, it was a thing you can look it up. So um, when Jackass came out and they were doing it too, you know, like we were kind of already playing the game and. I don't know. That's that sick stuff always kind of cracked me up. You know, I'm Irish. My mom's big into Schadenfreude, so people falling down, getting hit in the nuts. You know. Yeah. Love a good Chris Farley movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, <laughs> or like he just falls down all the time. <laughs> or like, dude, have you ever seen George of the Jungle with Brendan Fraser? I mean, I think yes. I think that movie holds the record for people getting hit in the nuts. I swear to God, like everybody gets hit. Even the monkey gets hit in the nuts like ten times during that film. It's less like yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I, I get that. I like that type of stuff too. Yeah, I mean, dude, Brendan Fraser, you know, George of the Jungle. How could you not love it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not Encino Man, but yeah. Yeah, no, no nothing um, ever will be. You know what I mean? Encino Man's fucking iconic classic, just perfect, you know, just timestamp of what was that, 1992? Like, just boom! Just, yeah, just shows yeah. what it looked like, what it sounded like. At least what I remember, because like, I was still pretty young at that time. I think I was first, second grade, something like that. So, like, yeah, the people wore those ugly colors, you know what I mean? And, like, that, that like, really... Like CNC, wow, you're making me feel old. That, that CNC music factory type hip hop was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think Encino yeah. Man really captured the time, kind of like how um, movies like Kids and Hackers did for the '90s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah. But in um, the later '90s, what have, say. have you read anything? I mean, I just mentioned one book so far, but have you read anything? Yeah, I got a ad house book by a man named. Matthew Allison and it is called Canker and dude this book is just incredible well for people who like like classic indie books if you like stuff like from Chester Brown or Seth or Daniel Klaus then like this will be up your alley but it also has like this kind of really really odd Jack Kirby-esque space opera hero thing going on that coincides like it's it's one narrative and it's basically about this dude i think it's actually an autobiographical account from mr allison and it's basically about this guy who is an artist he's actually really good but he you know he procrastinates doesn't work and you know goes and gets drunk at shows and gets beat up and meanwhile like it coincides with this weird space tale that's just really brutal and I, I absolutely adored it. it. It's what I look for in indie comics, mm-hmm. and I think that, yeah, dude, Matthew Allison did an amazing job of blending that classic, classic, like, fantagraphic style indie comic, you know, something like American Splendor or uh, Ghost World into, you know, some kind of, yeah, somewhere between, like, Jack Kirby and Paul Pope looking science fiction opera. It's just beautiful, and that, that's probably, like, Aside from Dead End Kids, oh, the, uh, the greatest thing I've read um, on break, which Dead End Kids, me and Matt did an episode on. That's coming up soon. But since you're a fan of Frank Gogol as well, you want to kind of chime in about how you feel about how just badass and wonderful that book is? Well, I mean, I, I enjoy it, that book, but I enjoy many books from so- SourcePoint Press. That book, to me, it spoke to me because it kind of took place in like the not the 90s, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time since I read that one. Yeah, it took place in 1997. Yeah. So like I was literally like the same age as those characters at the time period during that See, time. See, I was two years out of high school then. So um, yeah, it it just reminded me of the upbringing and things of like very similar to my generation. I I enjoyed it. I I kind of like like the art style in, in it too it's it's a little different and then just his writing like if you ever read that book or um is it i can't remember the name right off hand but the is it like no is it no heroin or no heroin oh. yeah this is other book. yeah that that one that one's really cool too and i feel like he has a very like punk rock style to him because those books to me they give me that vibe i don't know do they give it to you Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah um, well, I mean, and I, I, when I actually before I even read No Heroin, I think it's because you were talking to him. I started talking to Mr. Gogol on Twitter, and yeah, he, the way he kind of explained himself to me and his his recent past with, well, I'm not gonna speak for the man, but 
um, yeah, he's he's a very punk rock person, and he's a very real person. The reason why his books skin you so hard and hit so hard is because like he is he's a recovering person himself right now, and bless him, you know what I mean. He is doing wonderful work with his sober life now, and you know what? Good for him. Yeah, I think it takes a lot to to share that, but that's what makes his work so good like his storytelling and stuff because it's 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 real to him the stuff is real to him like the things in the past and that's what i really enjoy and i mean that's why i've i've really like not to get off of uh frank here but like i'm really attached to like um jeff lemire because i feel like he writes a lot of things about uh you know his own upbringing in toronto and stuff you know and it's it seems real he makes you believe it's real you know, like, okay, you know, I know you don't watch wrestling, but there's a couple guys, like, when they start talking and they cut promos, they make you believe that what they're saying is real. You you know, you start to believe it and stuff. And Like the Ultimate Warrior? No, he couldn't cut a promo. <laughs> yeah, no, like, he just was, he was a rambling cokehead, man, but he was fun to watch. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he, he reminds me of, remember those commercials where the micro machines and stuff? Yeah, like they, dude, like that guy talking like he just did ten like rat tail yeah, gaggers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, burr, 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 burr. yeah. <laughs> that's what I I picture like with that like that's the image you're giving me. But yeah, yeah. Speaking of like Jeff Lemire, uh, you know he did have a new book come out, right? The, the wizard detective thing on Kickstarter. No, I'm talking about Colonel Weird. Colonel Weird has his own like you know uh, side side piece and i think um uh barbeline comes out i think this week or next week. it's coming out soon like then you know how he he puts out these like four issue runs or five issue runs whatever it may be yeah yeah the little yeah. the little side tie-ins yeah basically mm-hmm. it's the same thing hellboy used to do for like the ape sapien and lobster johnson like little yeah little and we'll probably get for the ones that sell well and probably like people like Barbaline especially they'll probably be he'll have his own little series but they will be contained to little little arcs and they will come out sporadically like because that's what from what i understand like Mm -hmm. lemire is structuring this just like how mignola did his bprd universe and and releasing the books in the same type of way which is a great format like i was a huge fan and um yeah you never felt like you got Mm -hmm. lost in between the bprd and the hellboy stuff because they came out apart from each other so that way you, you didn't get lost you know what i mean it was like how so many of the other books do with like the overwhelming tie-ins and right that's that's how i feel like i'm just happy that we're getting more of the universe and it's it's creating like to see like how it started and how big it's becoming like you know the little spin-offs here and there i'm like wow like how big can this get but then I wonder to myself, like, what other, like, indie comic would you think that could have a universe that, or you would like to see create a universe based on that? Uh, you know, kind of following the format of what he's doing with Black Hammer? Um I don't know, you know what I mean? I wouldn't want to see that become... But you don't have, like, a, you know, Andy, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, have you read Farmhand? Yeah. Well, I read the first trade. Okay. okay. To me, 
I think if they, you know, built on that world and kind of took, like, one of the characters and did a little side project, like Colonel Weird or something, and kind of made it more vast, like the universe, like, I think they have something there. Okay, you know well saying? then, yeah, I have a few then. Like, I'd like to see Nailbiter, Postal, and Middle West. Okay. All those three done, done like that, at least for... I don't know, a year or two's worth of books, you know, like maybe we get eight out of the whole run type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? Cause like, that's the thing is I don't want all of them to run as long as I think black hammer did or as long as Hellboy did. Like Hellboy was 17 years of just unending. So like, if you try to go and get it now, there's just like, I, I tell you like a lot of that BPRD stuff takes up quite a few of my long boxes in my closet. You know what I mean? There, there is so much of it. And if Black Hammer is going to be doing that, expect that. Expect you, this to be at least a two long box full if you collect mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, but the, the other thing is, is I think it's cool that he's going to be doing Barbaline, but I honestly, at the same time, don't think it's going to be as interesting as, say, something like uh, Skull Digger. Right. That's a good call. That's another book that I just read recently. I think it was issue three just came out. I really like that book. Yeah, it's it's rivaling Doctor Star with being my probably favorite oh, out dude, of Doctor Star is the best one for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Skull Digger's knocking on its door, dude. For me, like those those two are just phenomenal. And then like I really like Sherlock mm-hmm. Frankenstein too. That was. I don't know, that was the third trade they ever oh, put yeah. out. So, like, yeah, well, I was starving for some more Black Hammer, and that just came out at the perfect time. So, yeah, that one's another really big favorite of mine. Yeah, that was a good call. Like, I, oh, I wanted to bring up the book I just read that reminded me of Dr. Star, but uh, the people will hear it in a couple weeks. <laughs> Are you talking about Ghost Tree? Yeah, that, that one. That yes. one, if we start talking about it, we'll just do the episode now. And that's not fair because we're coming up <laughs> towards the end of this one. So, yeah, we are going to be doing yeah, no. an episode where we talk about the beautiful, beautiful book that is Ghost Tree. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that uh, our boy, our boy, our boy, boy <laughs> Jordan Thomas's book comes out this week, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I got his uh, email this morning all about what was going yeah. on with the the mug shots and. Oh, no, I'm talking Frank at Home's finally hitting for the people that never backed the Kickstarter. You know, like, we backed the Kickstarter. We have them all. But it's it's going to be out this week by Scout Comics. Oh, that's right, and you guys got saved. I mean, you guys are really lucky that Scout put this out because, dude, this book is just so phenomenal, just so bizarre, yeah. just so... You got anything you want to sew about it, Fred? <laughs> It's 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 so awesome. I mean, there, there's nothing else I can say. I mean, it's it's really awesome. It's a it's a really good book. I don't want to spoil anything. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, one of the neat things for me is, I, you know, I'm a surrealist and I love surrealism. So the fact that they took it to like almost that Jacob's Ladder type place, but then set it uh-huh. in World War One, which the iconography of that war already fucking terrifies me, dude. Like the the yellow mustard gas. The razor wire, the the trenches, you know what I mean? And then, like, especially the, the German helmets with the spikes on it. Like, yeah, dude, that was a really creepy-looking war. And then with the, the evil demon animals shapes that, like, Clark Bent draws in the background during Frank's mm-hmm. hallucinations are just, oh, it's so good. So, yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it's really good. It's really good. You know, there's a lot of indie comics out there, like, people are, you know, onto and stuff, but this is, like... 
this is up there like this is like that Killtopia stuff this is like you know like the stuff that we've been reading that people haven't got to yet and it, it's really good man I mean uh, people are going to be raving about it and if they're not then we're I'm going to troll them on Twitter yeah I mean like Scouts on Fire anyways but yeah dude like I'm expecting this to get as big of hype as big of a pop as it eats what feeds it did because it really deserves it I'd actually say it's slightly smarter than It Eats, but like they're both phenomenal books. I don't want to try to pit them against each other, but I, I, I'm expecting okay. that big of a pop for Jordan. How many issues of It Eats have you read? Like, I think there's only... The first, first okay, two. Okay, so and it ends at three. Now, when you read issue one, did you not get the feel of The Graduate? Yeah, a little bit. Like, The Graduate, if it was an Italian horror film from the 70s. Like, if Dario Argento directed The Graduate, then, yeah, that's exactly what I would say that the first issue of It, it Eats feels like. But I also love how minimalist the book is. Mm -hmm. It's a quick read because there's very little dialogue, and the story, the yes. art just tells the story beautifully, and it, it is just glorious art in it. And if mm -hmm. you like those Italian horror films, like I mentioned, like, you will love the coloring and stuff in the book. It, it's very lush, very vivid but yeah it kind of does start off with a mrs robinson are you trying to seduce me type vibe and hello. but it, it, yeah. it goes hello mrs. and it robinson. goes i don't know like yeah full-on <laughs> full-on horror yeah, yeah good stuff like a like some black widow you're getting some black widow vibes from that book in the beginning because you're wondering if she's eating something or what's eating something but you'll find out yep yep but yeah, yeah. That, that was our first episode back. We covered a lot of good stuff. I think this was a phenomenal conversation and a great episode. You got anything you want to say before we um, head out, Fred? No. <laughs> no. I mean, okay, you people uh, here to uh, hear, man. Fred, don't want to talk to you no more. We're, we're... I mean, I guess, like, you know, just if, if you're listening to us and we're thankful for you uh, downloading or taking the time to listen to us. And if uh, you you want to feel extra special and you want to get tickled by us or a virtual hug or something because we have to stay six feet away because of COVID, give us a five-star review or, you know, uh, some feedback on iTunes. Or come talk to us on Twitter. You can find me there yeah. at JohnnyAlpha81 or on my YouTube channel, Graphic Vandalism. Where might they be able to find you if they want to give you a digital hug, Fredward? You can find me at Comics Fred. That's right. He is the classic, the one and only Comics Fred. We are yes. a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, and we'd really love and enjoy if you would check out a few more of the shows on this lovely network. But until next time, aloha. <laughs>